Hi, this is Roy Shoman, and welcome once again to Jesus, the Promised Messiah of Judaism, the show on Radio Maria that celebrates the Jewish roots of the Catholic Church, or seen the other way around, that celebrates the fulfillment, the full realization of all of the promise of Judaism in the Catholic Church and her sacraments. Well, if you've been listening for a while, you know that one of my absolute favorite things to do on this show is to have another enthusiastic entrant into the Catholic Church on to give his or her witness testimony of how he or she came to the fullness of Judaism in the Catholic Church. And today I have a guest, Rachel, who uh, took a rather torturous path. Um, Not, well, I'll let her tell her story. But she came through Messianic Judaism into the Catholic Church And with that, without wasting any more time, let's go to that interview, which I recorded two days ago. Well, today I once again have the pleasure of welcoming another enthusiastic Jewish entrant into the Catholic Church on the air. And so are you there, Rachel? Yes, I am. Well, I guess I'll just start by saying, what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? <laughs> I took some time, <laughs> but uh, thankfully God, uh, God showed us the way. Well, uh, do you want to tell your story, uh, you know, how you grew up, how you found your way into the Catholic Church, how God reached out to you and so forth? I, I would be happy to. Thank you for, for having me. Um, so... To be clear, I'm not I'm not Jewish, um, but I was raised in a way that um, that those were some of my roots. Um, basically, I initially had an infant baptism into Catholicism, um, but shortly after, <clears throat> my um, my mother became a born again Christian. So she actually became Pentecostal at that time, and we were in, um, in that Pentecostal church um, until I was about ten. So she was there for about ten years or so. Um, she had a little bit of overlap with um, with the next uh, location that we went. We did um, we went to a Messianic Jewish congregation, and the way that we made that leap uh, from the um, Pentecostal church to the Messianic group was uh, there was during the summertime there was a um, Messianic rabbi who had a strongman act, um, and that's how he would communicate the gospel to um, to children. So there was a like a summer activity with that. And that really um, stirred something in her that she felt that she needed to follow through. So we found um, a local Messianic congregation. Um, to be clear, Messianic would just be, um, in all types of purposes, a, a form of Protestantism. Um, but from their perspective, it was um, to remain fully Jewish while accepting uh, Jesus as the Messiah, is how they would explain that. Um, so we were there, goodness, I was there at least for, um, up until, straight until I was 18, so those formative years, um, where you really learn to think for yourself, um, and they were a, a brilliant group, you know, um, the rabbi actually became best friends with one of his daughters, and I was very blessed to be able to uh, to learn from them in a lot of ways, learn how to um, just problem solving and things like that that maybe I wouldn't have had um, without that experience. Um, and with that, um, there was a time, you know, being 10 or so, that everyone's preparing for their um, bat mitzvahs. It was uh, a lot of girls there, that's why I say bat mitzvahs. Um, and I was asked to do, potentially, uh, to do a bat Abraham, which would be um, becoming a daughter of, um, of Abraham, so to convert to Judaism. Um, at that time, I, I chose not to. I, without knowing it probably, um, felt like God didn't make a mistake not making me Jewish, you know. Um, but my faith was there. I stayed there for, of course, till about 18 or so. Had a couple years off, <laughs> you know, being 18, going off and... Um, off into school and things like that, uh, but then came back a little bit um, in my 20s, and uh, there was <laughs> there was a little confusion, a little, is this where I fit, this was something that had been so nourishing to me, and I knew that I wanted that all throughout my life, I, I knew, I, I never doubted that God was, that God was God, I just didn't know where I fit in all of that, um, 
I would never say I was agnostic, <laughs> you know, because it was always a searching for God. It wasn't, I know he's there. It was never casual, but it wasn't clear either. Um, so when I came back in my 20s, um, you know, we had talked to uh, the rabbi's family and everything, and they had um, encouraged us in our faith um, and encouraged me and said, you know, the closest thing, if, you know, if you're not here forever, the closest thing within Christianity is Catholicism. Um, that kind of shook something in me because I had a lot of misunderstandings of what Catholicism uh, really was. And um, come to... Um, years later, find that those are very, um, very rigid, <laughs> rigid and uh, specific concepts that um, Protestants have. Like Let me um, interrupt you a moment because I, uh, I just want to make a, something very clear. Who was mm -hmm. it who told you that the closest thing would be Catholicism? The, the rabbi of the Messianic congregation. Yeah. Um, do you see why I hesitate there a moment? <laughs> sure. Um, I I can't explain uh, what that what that process was. Maybe that's a seed for him. Maybe that's a seed that um, would potentially bring him closer okay. to, to the fullness. If but. I were to guess, I'd love to meet this rabbi, by the way, if you can set it up. <laughs> um, if I were to oh. guess, I would say it's because of the A, sense of the sacred, and B, sacramentality. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's very perceptive yeah. of him <laughs> I, uh, yeah. as a Jew in the Catholic Church and as a, sure. you know having many other friends who are Jews in the Catholic Church I think we all intuitively felt the same way that the only form of Christianity that echoes that could be post-Messianic Judaism is Catholicism but anyway this is your show not mine so I'll let you go on no, well, well no thank you um yeah, so that was definitely one of those things that kind of hit hard enough to remember, you know, years and years later. Um, it was a seed, you know, in many ways, um, as kind of that whole process was, of, you know, being um, baptized as an infant and having these um, experiences of, you know, depth of, of Catholicism throughout that. Um, but as I was saying, I was about 18, you know, uh, came back a little bit in my early 20s. And then... Because of that, because I wasn't ready to um, jump fully into um, finding out even what Catholicism was, I kind of had a, a, a time of darkness. You know, I I really didn't spend time or think of or care to think of um, of our Lord at all. You know, and it was in the very real sense of hell. You know, in um, separation. You know, from God and all that comes with that. With, can um, Can I go back a minute? kind of, of mentally rewind um, okay when you were in a messianic Jewish congregation mm -hmm. you um, you thought Jesus was the Messiah but um, you thought Judaism was the form of religion that God wanted people to follow even after um, the coming of the Messiah is that correct? um I would say that was my thinking at the time, yes. Um, that's not much to do. <laughs> um, and I think, and that's why I initially um, started it with, it, it's very much in its, in its roots, a, a form of Protestantism. Um, I think a, many Protestants of, of my experience have um, tried to go back to what it should have been, go back to church fathers and see where the Catholic Church messed mm -hmm. up. It, it was a lot of times um, that... Um, that way that people eventually find their okay. way to the Catholic Church. So, but, um, so what made the transition from, I guess, uh, I don't know what to call it, Messianic Judaism as a form of Protestantism to you, subjectively now, to that not being enough? Um, it, it was very gentle. So it wasn't a clear and shaking, you know, uh, truth, but it was little bits by little bits, you know, it just says God knew how I was able to receive that information and, and gave it just, just as I, I would be able to. Um, so initially it was, you know, as great as this is, I'm, I'm not Jewish, you know, and I'm, I don't really fit here. So it was kind of more of that, like, itch of like, this is great, but it's not for me. Um, so that was the initial, 
movement. Um, but going forward from there, um, what brought me back to the church just was my um, my father's side of the family, um, huge side. <laughs> uh, we had lots of uncles, and um, they were Italian, so we had big um, big um, holidays and everything. And that was just the a huge part of my my childhood. Um, all of those matriarchs and patriarchs passed away within a few years. So we were boom, boom, boom in the Catholic Church for their funerals. Um, so that literally got me back into, into the Catholic Church. Um, from there, when my grandparents had passed away, they were one of the, the last of that group to pass away, um, you know, they were going through heirlooms and things like that, and a lot of the Catholic um, art and the Catholic things um, were not being taken either by, you know, ones that remain Catholic, just we have so much already, or um, it didn't mean anything to um, those that that didn't remain um, Catholic. And I knew that that was a huge part of my family's history. My grandfather was an artist, so um, he had amazing Catholic art, and it was so beautiful. And I remember growing up and seeing these things. Um, so that, even just an art, you know, um, I clung to it, and it... Um, was my was my path and eventually you know became my future as well um so not knowingly not just being like oh I'll, I'll take you know I don't want them to go to you know goodwill or something like that I want them to be uh stay in the family um so that actually had a huge um impact just just by getting in the church by their funerals and then uh, with their um just catholic art and things like that as well um, how how strong those can be. A lot of times, growing up, you don't really think much of that, but they really um, they really can have an impact in your in your heart. Um, you know, from there though. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, okay, the, the the Italian Catholic generation, so to speak, of your family, um, they they took Catholicism seriously. It sounds like certainly your father. Uh, your grandfather, excuse me, with the with the artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm sorry because I shouldn't be be fishing for answers. But you tell this story, you tell that generation the story of that generation kind of um, passing on to the other side, and you mm-hmm. tell the story of this kind of gradual transformation. And why do I keep having this picture that once they passed over to the other side, they were working on you? <laughs> I, I mean that's a hundred percent is that um I, I think that there was a lot of strength um in their in their face for so many generations and then a little bit of a, a cliff drop you know um with with my generation uh so a hundred percent I feel like that's the that's the case uh, I'm skipping ahead a little bit but once I did actually get into RCIA um my godfather, which was my great uncle Frank, um, I had a, he had passed away already. But when I was in RCIA, I had a dream that I was going to, you know, go into class to um, regular Tuesday night, and um, there was a men's group that had gone over, and um, they were just hanging out and um, talking and chatting up. And my uncle Frank was there, and uh, I kind of always take that as a as a nod from my godfather that you're in the right place, you know, you're as much as he died when I was fairly young, like early teenager. Um, but it, it was a not forgotten, you know, and, and continue, continue watching this path, you know, a little um, nod in that way, which was incredibly powerful um, to, to have that. And again, in a way that I could receive it, it the dream was kind of humorous in a, in a little way too, but it was at the time something that I could, um, I could receive at that time. Um, so not, you know, maybe um, huge in theology or anything, but huge in um, the heart strength of, of talking about like you're you're going in the right direction there. Um, a little bit before that, though, um, I started dating my now husband, who um, <laughs> who I had met initially when we were in high school, and we would have like talks about theology and stuff because that was when I was. Um, completely uh, within the Messianic uh, congregation. So we would have conversations and being Catholic and like what the differences were, what the similarities were um, and beyond and just uh, who God was and things like that. Um, 
and then we had years apart <laughs> and then he came came back into my life and we started started dating so we would kind of pick up these big um big conversations which I noticed on my end were much more angry <laughs> you know we're much more well here's that because there was that deep-seated uh, misunderstanding of of what the church was um basically understanding of scriptures um even language you know knowing what what language were something like the the church what the church is uh, my understanding of the church is the people make up the church the bride of christ the the humans in it um where the catholic understanding would be like church teaching so when it's oh the church says this it's um there was a huge misunderstanding of human brokenness and the uh, faults that come with that and what actually god had intended for us to return to um to that joy of of his inception uh with us and to return to that to wash away all the um, murk that comes with uh, with that brokenness of, of being human, basically. Um, so he, in a very Christ-like manner, loved me when I <laughs> was probably unlovable and probably very um, hard to hard to talk to, <laughs> coming from a more more angry um, point of view. Um, just kind of very clearly and and kindly. Um, just unravel that unravel those lies and well this is actually what that means and this is actually you know um this is actually where that comes from and um looks at certain um certain areas of scripture where well when it says uh, you know when it says um that mary maybe had other children until you know until she was married it's like well it says in other areas of the bible too you know where we say um until the day they died they didn't have any other children of course they didn't have children after they died but um that word until um is kind of the key word there um kind of unraveling those kind of uh, misunderstandings um so yeah just in a very uh very christ-like gentle manner um speaking the truth with with salted words you know that it would be able to be received and um and kind of changing that and softening that that hearted um hearted heart that i had against the Catholicism because of all of that um misunderstanding there um so that is really what started dipping my toe into um catholicism more and more and seeing that of um at the time it was um you know, I, I had the logical part of it. It made sense. It was okay. That all I, I was fine, you know, and that makes sense. So there was the, the head knowledge there that I didn't have before. Um, and then, of course, there was a history of, you know, this is what my family was. Had there not been certain um, decisions along the way, I probably would have just been a cradle Catholic, you know. Um, so just kind of investigating that and seeing what that um, might have been. So going into um, the church in 2014, um, Easter is when I uh, finally became Catholic. Um, and since then, it's just been um, a se- like seasons of God drawing me closer. You know, initially when I wrote to you uh, a few years back, I had said that, um, that that's not really when I became Catholic. I became Catholic when X, Y, and Z, and when he revealed this information to me, when he revealed this information to me. And uh, now, having had that several times, I'm more noticing that this is just how God, you know, draws us closer and draws us uh, with further information about um, himself and um, kind of changing that perspective, too. I think at the time when I first wrote you, a lot of it was still in head knowledge of... um, knowing more about the catechism and knowing more about um, the history of the church and things like that. Uh, but at least now, uh, from my perspective, is it's more of where God heals you. You know, um, God has done more of a uh, cardiac circumcision, you know, uh, dealt more with the heart than dealing with uh, the head knowledge for me, um, where I really thought that that was, you know, where I needed to go, okay, I'm a Catholic, but I see, you know, I'm like Journey Home and other people's story of um, they read the whole catechism, they read, you know, all this information before even entering our CIA. That was something I, I greatly admired, um, but it just wasn't um, my story, <laughs> you know. And 
as of right now, it still does. It still isn't. You know, I still have a lot to learn. I still have a lot to change. But God's presence in my life is, has been so much stronger with having, allowing that healing, allowing God to come in and allowing God to be in those parts of my life where he wasn't before and seeing the change that comes with that, you know, and seeing the change in the way I talk even, you know, the way I talk to my husband and, and my child has, has greatly changed, you know, um, and that's to the glory of God, you know, um, of seeing those, those changes and seeing that, um, more internal relationship as opposed to, uh, what I initially, uh, thought that, you know, was the, was the next step. Of course, God has better, better, bigger plans, um, than that. So, um, well, wait, let me interrupt you now. Our listeners don't know even whether your name is a pseudonym or not. So you're completely anonymous. So I feel free to ask you. Um, so, I mean, I, I can try to fill in the blanks what you mean when you say the way you talk and the way you speak to your husband and your child is different. I'd like to think that it means, um, you know, more patiently, more kindly with less, yeah. you know, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, that that's exactly it. I think that there was a confusion of uh, the time was I'm so stressed and so, you know, um, and just pushing it off as that, um, as opposed to, I need God's peace, <laughs> you know, and I can very honestly say that that is such a new feeling for me of having God's peace. Um, sorry, um, it, it, there was so much unraveling and so much, um, in my hands already that I wasn't able to receive God's, God's grace, you know, um, so going through that, going through that process of, you know, um, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of, um, a lot of healing basically going through and being able to have that peace as a as a starting off point you know where that was something that I'd never seen before um so being able to take something you know uh, very lightheartedly um was something that I, I wasn't able to do before you know my husband has has tried to be like whoa I thought you were going to be upset with that and and you're not and I was like yeah, there's no reason to be you know and it is one of those things where you know, God just works so, so gently, you know, and just, um, it's just working that so that it's not something that's, oh, that's God working, <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily a jolt, but a, a, a gradual, um, yeah, at least in my experience of, of how that has occurred. So, um, just relationship wise, you know, has been, has been huge being able to, um, to see God's, God's change. And that changed my perspective, and of course, changing uh, the way that I am as a person. Well, okay, moving ahead with more sixty-four thousand dollar questions. I'm showing my age, but anyway, um, <laughs> the you obviously, you know, throughout your story, you're describing a ongoing relationship with God. So, I guess I want to ask how your relationship with God changed and how your perception uh, how, and perception is not the right word how your um, experience of God in your daily life changed uh, as a result of entering the church as a result of the sacraments um, whatever but you know how it's different now than it was when you were still taking God pretty seriously as a Protestant slash Messianic Jewess uh, yeah um was immaturity some of it was I was just a young person and um some going through emotions some of them you know I've had moments though as a as a young person of sincerity um but a lot of confusion I think that that's the the key word of God really taking away the murkiness through yes through sacrament there's 2014 was I, I also got married that year after um converting I took the name Ruth um, as my Catholic name for a very specific reason, um, because although I was, you know, as many do, converting and then getting married, I was taking this as, this is my religion, you know, this is, your God is my God, and your people are my people, like, this is, um, this is a very deliberate um, choice, as opposed to, you know, to make the grandparents happy, kind of a, a situation. Um, 
so with that unfolded many faces and I I can't I can't express enough how how gently you know and how um, abundant it was when I was able to receive you know when I was able to receive God's grace when I was able to actually see without all that confusion um, to see how God doesn't even work at our time you know like there was whispers you know in in my head of which was the Holy Spirit of um, discernment you know and understanding what uh, spiritual warfare was and being able to really kind of dig into that deeper and see what that was allowed for so much clarity and allowed for so much forgiveness and healing uh, to occur, you know? Um, and it was just like a whirlwind of every every grace that I rejected um, for years just came pouring in, you know? And it was, it was one of the situations that were absolutely life impacting and it was odd to have a regular conversation you know like at the grocery store with someone at that time because was, there was so much going on it's like how you know everyone needs to know everyone needs to know kind of that um just huge change um and with that i i mean i didn't go <laughs> shouting to, through the through the aisles or anything but it it was definitely a I can't just go back to our normal life anymore. You know, I can't just say, hey, you know, it's New England, it's it's odd weather here. You know, like, just wait a minute. Okay, I, I can't have that kind of superficial conversation anymore. I can't have that um, just comfortable, um, do this a million times kind of a relationship with people or myself or, or anything because there was something alive and awakening, you know, uh, within me. So, I couldn't go back to that just um, uh, habitual, <laughs> you know, like kind of conversation that you have with a million different people, but it's always the same conversation that, that um, just didn't um, go back to that. <laughs> and the way that you speak to people, you know, um, the way that you have conversations, even if they are a little more mindful, they're much more present, you know, much more, you know, you're speaking to a person and part of that discernment of you know seeing that discernment of spirit that was huge for me um I think prior to I very much believe that this person is xyz um I am xyz I am this and that's not true none of that's true we are all children of God that God called into existence uh for eternal love with them you know and that's who people are and the this person the so-and-so all those you know, whatever, um, all of those name calling, all of that is a horrible way to just dismiss someone's true identity as a child of God. And it's such a um, erosive uh, way to think, too. Um, so being able to see that difference, I guess, is more accurately answering your question um, of how that had changed because it wasn't a, um, you know, uh, mindless kind of a an experience anymore but it was being able to see um see god in people where you know it was easy to pass them off as a jerk or or whatever uh, I, on the same theme i kind of want to go back also to something that you might have said, you might have said you might have meant and if you didn't mean it forgive me and we'll just you know proceed on but um it sounded to me like your eyes were opened to the um, spiritual flows beneath the surface, to the spiritual warfare, to the fact that, um, you know, that person being angry isn't that they're a jerk, but there's a spirit at work there that somehow yeah. the whole, and you made it a comment uh, early in this conversation about the human condition or something. And it sounds to me mm -hmm. like that when you tuned in to the understanding of the world that is reflected in in Catholicism and the the you know our battle is not against flesh and blood but against spiritualities yeah. and powers that the, the 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 texture of what it means to be a human the texture of human interaction the understanding of people in their goodness or in their badness that all of that um, the dimension of it changed. Mm. So after having put all those words in your mouth, do you concur? 
No, <laughs> yeah, 100%. And thank you for unpacking that because that is exactly exactly what I mean. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the devil loves to be inconspicuous, you know, and for the longest time, literally up until a couple, maybe not even a couple years, maybe <laughs> a year and a half ago or so, um, just took a free free ride, you know, and it was just like, oh, that's weird to talk about the devil. It's weird to talk about you know, Satan and demons, and that's, uh, you're going into a weird, weird area, and that's kind of how I left it, and I was just like, oh, that's, that's awkward, <laughs> you know, and just these things that are very common now, like, it is, in our culture, very odd to speak about those things, it's like, oh, there's a crazy person, <laughs> you know, is sometimes how that's received, um, so for me, and when this happened, I was kind of, um, describing this my sister and she was like yeah yeah and she just very easily received that and I I was kind of shocked that she was able to take that because it was something like oh I'm gonna say something that's kind of weird (laughs) I'm gonna say something that's kind of awkward or whatever and she's like yeah 100% that's that's true (laughs) you know um so kind of having that um uh that reaffirmation from my sister was was very much needed um but it's a it's a brilliant way, you know, to cause a lot of havoc and to be undetected, um, you know, so he's not a, um, Satan demon or are definitely not, not idiots, you know, um, they definitely go through, um, with a very, um, almost elegant, <laughs> um, process in a lot of ways, um, but being able to at least have that understanding of how, they work and how they work with us there was a lot of um like I said dismissing but I also very much believed that I don't need the devil I can do bad all by myself you know like I can I am my own enemy I can do it myself and it was a great way to get him off the hook you know and not be able to address uh certain situations that um you know, that I experienced and that I, you know, then continued because it was unaddressed. Uh, so that was one of the, one of the biggest, just like, um, big change moments, you know, um, I was able to see people for, you know, the creation of God and seeing them as a child that, that God made them. And it was almost like there was just like this, um, highlighter basically of this is where the demon is this is where the whatever and I could at least see that separation you know of see where okay that's not them that's their um that's them not not addressing uh that demon in their in their lives and allowing that to occur as I did too um and that was one of those things where just through um you know again I keep talking about seeds but um seeds that God plants um, throughout my life with, with people, with books, um, you know, your, your books have definitely, um, assisted me in my, in my coming into the church and seeing that, you know, there was definitely some uncomfortability, uh, for years of what the church was. Um, there was, and people are human, but there was some misunderstanding and sometimes it was reality of, um, anti-Semitic, um, perspectives within the church um some of those are wrong and some of them um exist um they're so long but they um they do exist in the church um so being able to see someone like yourself someone like um you know mother Miriam and her uh making of a, of a Jewish son has has been those reaffirming uh steps those reaffirming uh information of just I'm where I'm where God needs me and made that comfortable, gentle transition into where I needed to be of having that, um, that familiarity and that understanding of this is, this isn't a change. You know, we initially talked about going from Messianic Jews and Catholicism and, um, how they believed that, or, or how there was a belief that Judaism just continued the way it was. Um, without Catholicism, but being able to see that it's is a torch that was that was passed on, you know, and especially being able to see the priesthood for exactly what the priesthood is, is continuing that uh, participation in the sacrifice, you know, um, that was a big 
confusion for me for a while of where that sacrifice was. Um, so being able to clarify that it is a, it is a mass, you know, uh, we are blessed to be able to um, participate in that and to, and to see that occur um, at least every Sunday, you know, if you don't go to daily mass, but um, being able to see that continuation of it's not Judaism first, it's the continuation of, you know, um, and the fulfillment of something that has really helped too is, you know, um, Father writes Bible in a year. Um, of course, I've, you know, read the Bible as it was, but having that briefly understanding uh, with his prayers and uh, the discussion afterwards, um, being able to, even throughout, you know, having Messianic Judaism, I, I saw, you know, Jesus through Isaiah, I saw Jesus through the Passover, I saw those kind of things, but um, really highlighted more of where he kind of just shine all throughout the Old Testament too um, and that was something that I hadn't seen until until this year you know um, so just really God's amazing work of um, just planting people um, and their um, their willingness to accept and say yes you know to God and to and to share that is um, has been such a blessing it's such a amazing thing to be able to receive that um, that blessing that God has bestowed on others, you know, and being able to just like continue that and to be able to, to fully grasp that. Did you, okay, <laughs> thank you for being so cooperative with, with my questions, um, because I feel, you know, it's the holy ground, you know, so it's a little uncomfortable to be, you know, treading with hobnail boots, but um, can you reflect at all, because obviously you came from being outside the sacraments to being inside the sacraments, reflect at all on um, the sacraments of uh, confession and or the Eucharist? Sure. Um, I'll start with, with confession. I, that, I think, <laughs> many of us um, had a misunderstanding of, too, of, of what that was, of, you know, you go in, you say the bad things that you did, and it's uncomfortable and then you leave um and that's definitely how i was for the first year or so the first confession that i made was amazing you know and it felt like uh, everything was lifted but then after that it, it i had some misunderstanding comfortability and uncomfortability with that um but being able to see <laughs> the sacrament of reconciliation as exactly what it is to bring you back face to face eyelash to eyelash with um with our creator um, of being able to, as opposed to thinking of it as listing the bad things that we did, of just listening, going through and acknowledging the time that you rejected graduation, you know, acknowledging that, generally mourning that, um, within itself, just the beauty of mourning <laughs> within Catholicism is, is amazing. And a, a lot of it, um, a lot of my life, rather, I always loved the um, the idea of mourning someone in Judaism, mourning someone after um, after they pass, because you you mourn them fully, and then you're able to move on with your life, you know, and, and you've done that. So it's not something that's always giving you a um, a chip on your shoulder or something like that, because it was completely mourned. Um, at least that's the intention. Um, so that's something I always appreciated in Catholicism, or I'm sorry, in Judaism, uh, but just now uh, with um, confession and in, in other areas, uh, but with confession being able to fully mourn that, mourn the times that you um, declined God and His and His, you know, trying to receive you. Um, so, with that change, has uh, you know just been a a sprint towards God in a lot of ways of being able to see that that difference of it's not forceful it's not angry it's not a matter of you know do this this and this it, it's a let's unpack that let's unpack that and see why why do we go to confession why do we do that because god is perfect and we need to you know be washed away of any any rejection of him before um being able to to be with him fully and that alone has just been oh it's it's not it's not a shame on me it's a it's a come you know come like the um prodigal son you know come home i'm so excited uh to see you again so that with just that perspective change has been amazing um god definitely works in parallels with my life too um i have a young son i have a three-year-old son and um just understanding the 
developmental stages um, of a child and being able to say, okay, that's not, <laughs> I could tell them this all day long and get angry, but that's not how we understand it. So I need to figure out a different way and speak to them in another way. It's like, that's exactly how God speaks to us, you know, of, okay, well, if you don't get that, that's fine. Let, let's try it this way. And, um, you know, God is the perfect parent. You know, God is the, the ideal um, redeemer and, and, being able to see, um, you know, even a glimpse of that, I, I have much more, <laughs> much more to, to understand, but being able to see a glimpse of that has just been completely um, life-affirming, you know, in a, in a lot of ways. Um, and with the, with the Eucharist, I mean, the, the sacrament of the Eucharist, um, being able to spend time in adoration, I think, has been one of the biggest changes, you know. Um, going through and going through the process of forgiveness. Um, one of the, another um, inspiration was a sister, Miriam James Highland. She goes through a process of what forgiveness is and basically treating it like a wound. You know, just like when you go to the ER, they don't treat you as a, oop, you're healed. <laughs> you know, you don't think it's going to get better. Each wound has to be addressed individually um, and see what it is, clean out uh, whatever is in there and, and go through that process I've been doing that in, in adoration and with doing that has just been um, so healing to me you know so absolutely um, cleansing in, in so many ways and being able to, to sit with God and, and look at those those areas that need to be need to be addressed have been um, I don't even know <laughs> I know I've been saying life changing a lot but, but that's 100% what it was um, of just such a different perspective um, and such a um, a, cl a cleansing, you know. Um, I think that answers. <laughs> I think that might answer your question. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, the final, the final, uh, uh, putting you on the hot seat. Uh, there's always a danger when I do this that I project too much of my own conversion onto other people. So uh, maybe I'm doing that here, but. I know that when I enter the Catholic Church, there's all this wonderful experiential stuff that it basically amounts to having a much uh, closer two-way relationship with God, um, mm -hmm. you know, largely through the sacraments and also through what you know. But the other thing that was such a joy for me was just knowing the answers to everything. In particular, excuse me for saying this, but you know, what is sin, why it's sin, um, what God wants, what God really cares about, what God cares about less about, um, you know, just all of the answers, like you all of a sudden have a 500 page owner's manual, where sure. you were dying for, you know, a leaflet before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's 100% accurate. That is very much, I, I felt that as well. Um, I, I think having arguments when I became, um, in, you know, in 2014 when I uh, converted, there was a lot of questions, of course, uh, from family that, that came up with, well, what about this? What about this? And it's like, at the time, I was like, this isn't fair. I have so many, like, resources at my fingertips of what that is and, and why that is. And here's the, the language behind it. And here's where it is and this, that, and the other. And that's not me. <laughs> you know, that's not me at all. It's because we've had literally thousands of years of being able to um, go through that and I say we but, but you know the, the scholars and uh, theologians have been able to go through that and find that information and have those um, resources of well this is why nothing is because I didn't think about it nothing is oh yeah we just do that and there there is nothing <laughs> that that is like oh yeah maybe maybe we should do that there there's nothing of that everything is very thoughtful and has a um a wealth of information um behind it and that's definitely one of the things that initially uh first definitely inspired me and I think that I kind of clung to that you know that head knowledge for a little while um but being able to utilize that exactly as it was intended as resources as opposed to you know I think I just had a perspective change that I needed um, but being able to utilize those and have all of that information available um, you know it, one of the thematic things that keeps coming to my head of like the difference from where I am now before um, I believe not on your own understanding you know and and in judges that's 
said too of uh, you know they didn't have a king so everyone did what uh, what was right in their own eyes you know and that's exactly what that was before and that was confusion and that was murky and it was um depressing <laughs> you know and it, it was anything but god that was not that was not god and it was just kind of looking around the dark stumbling around and finding whatever you're finding there that's not god you know um so being able to have those those resources and that information and um and conversation too are like to become a Catholic priest is, is very <laughs> they are so educated so being able to unpack that that information being able to uh, I had a question a few years ago that I came to you with of um, of the um, oh goodness I'm losing losing that pot now um, it, it was when I was um, humming in on, on what the the gift of, of the priesthood was with continuing the um, the sacrifice, um, but I had some confusion there, and you were able to you know no nope, this is this is what it is, and being able to have those resources that are um, thousands of years old, and also you know here and now it can be emailed <laughs> you know and emailed to each other, so it's just a a, a living um, a living uh, resource which is not everyone has you know there's a lot of you know, with Protestantism, as soon as that came, it was just a break off, a break off, a break off, a break off. Um, and with that breaking off becomes brokenness, 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 unfortunately. And that's really what I was born into in, in some ways. And it, it was a lot of pushing that away. And then finally, <laughs> God, you got to do it for me because, because I don't have the, um, the wherewithal, the strength to do that. And that's where, you know, he was just like, yes. And, and was able to, um, have an outpouring of his of his graces to be able to see um, the correct direction for my life. Amen, amen. I I, I do want to just put in a little ten second commercial. Um, the Catholic Church doesn't only have all the answers because it's got two thousand years of smart theologians, but there is this thing called like the infallibility of the magisterium, and there is the yeah. Holy Spirit guiding all of these judgments and decisions and inspiring these um, theologians, let's hope, at least until recently, never mind. Um, uh, so it's actually, it's, see, uh, I mean, I, I'm preaching to the choir, obviously, but mm -hmm. the, the Catholic Church is God's institution for mankind on earth. It's, it's where he makes himself most generously available both through the sacraments and also through the knowledge he wants humanity to have. Um, and so in both cases, it's the working of the Holy Spirit. It's not, you know, just figuring things out. And as you correctly pointed out, in Protestantism, when human beings try to figure things out on their own, then they end up, uh, ha you know, splitting off every three years as they come to different conclusions. Yeah. So anyway, however... We're not here. We're not here to bash Protestantism. We're we're here to uh, inspire people with the unique uh, benefits and truth of the Catholic Church, and uh, we do have a privilege. Actually, this radio station um, in the United States, at least, uh, a high percentage of the audience is in fact Protestant, and so um, with that, with that little bit of a backdrop, I want to give you the last couple of minutes to. If you have a message or have something you want to say um, coming out of your experience that might help people get over some of their hurdles. I, I don't have uh, of myself any, any words, but just um, digging deeper and asking the Lord uh, to guide you and to see what his will is i think that that's where many of us are are finding ourselves stumbling into the church of like oh, how did i get here because of those um small um responses to god and those small responses of yes those small responses of yes kind of you open your eyes and you're um you're in a place where maybe you didn't think you were going um to the glory of God, you know, um, it's not our will, it's, it's God's will, and I think that there's a lot of things that, um, that we hear of, you know, uh, put God first, and, you know, God's will be done, and, um, that's something I've heard all throughout my life, um, but it's something that's just now 
meaning so much, you know, putting God first. God doesn't want to be put first because he has an ego. God wants the best for you. He loves you in the the very best way that anyone can, (laughs) you know, that we definitely can't express ourselves. And because of that, he wants the best for you. And that's within his perfect love, you know. Um, So being able to follow that and genuinely put God first of, you know what, this person that's supposed to be X, Y, and Z to me did all of these things, and now I just don't know what to do, I don't know where to turn. That's human brokenness, you know, and being able to see that God doesn't have that. God, God actually does the quite opposite. God won't sacrifice you for him. He did the opposite. He sacrificed himself for us. Um, so just being able to say yes to, to wherever God God takes you, even if it's uncomfortable, or maybe even especially if it's uncomfortable, you know, that's that's probably where, where we need to be headed. Wow. <laughs> okay. You have a gift. You didn't know it. Um, but that's very, very beautiful. And that uh, there's no better place, uh, I think, to end. And besides which, we've run out of time. So I just want to thank you very much. And um, thank you very much for a very, very beautiful hour that is um, just, you know, straight from the heart and straight from God. And I'm sure that many of our listeners... Um, will be very moved by this and I certainly want to thank you for your your frankness and your openness um, and your tolerance of, <laughs> of my prodding at times so no well thank you so much I, I can't tell you what an honor it's been this is um, you know you've been a, an author of, <laughs> you know a respected author of mine and to be able to have uh, a candid conversation an open conversation um, about this has just been in a lot of ways a dream come true and, and I'm not even exaggerating with that um, when I got your email I was like oh my god <laughs> you know my goodness um, so I, I just want to thank you for you know saying yes to, to God and being able to share that information and um, you know again I'm, I'm honored and thank you for um, you know, f- for following that and and sharing that with others, it, it just means so much to have you to look look to um, as as where to where to follow God, even in the, the difficult area. Great. Well, I thank you. You thanked me. Now it's time for me to thank the audience. You've been listening to Jesus, the Promised Messiah of Judaism, on Radio Maria with your host, me, Roy Showman. And with our guest for today, Rachel, uh, a rather, one could say a convert from uh, Messianic Judaism, but it gets a little more complicated. But if you've been listening, you, you know how complicated it is. But anyway, I want to thank Rachel. I want to thank you for listening. And I want to encourage you to tune in again next week, same time, same place, for Jesus, the promised Messiah of Judaism on Radio Maria. And this is Roy Showman saying bye for now. <laughs>